So let's get to the message. We uh, spoke last week and the week before about the prayer of blessing, and we kind of wrapped up that series. Uh, So if you were part of any of those services, did you pray those blessing prayers last week? Some of them? Any of them? Okay, some of you did good. It is important. And if you weren't part of the services and you're wondering what I'm talking about, I can get you those verses if you really want. Uh, It's important. Pray blessing over your families, over yourself, and over others. But today we're moving on to a different series, but don't quit praying blessing just because we're moving on. And we are going to talk about discipleship. What is discipleship? What does it mean? And as a church, what do we do in the area of discipleship? And I'm going to mention the three main things that we feel are important and that we try to do so that people can grow and mature in following Christ. Now, let's look at Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, excuse me, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are commanded to make disciples. We're to be disciples ourselves first, and then also make other disciples. Uh, Helping people find and follow Jesus is what our mission is. This is what it's talking about. And that word disciple or discipleship means to be a disciple of one, to follow his precepts and instructions, to be taught and disciplined. So being a disciple means we are growing and maturing, just like a child who is taught and disciplined as they grow. They start out as little babies like our little one there, and they are taught and they'll grow. It's funny, last night I had a teaching moment, and uh, Our little daughter was standing out there, and this other little guy, I don't know, he's maybe two, he came up there, and he's kissing my daughter on the lips. I had to go over there and tell him, hey, you'll be having to talk to her dad from here on out, buddy. He was only two, but hey, they have to grow and learn. And each of us as well, we need to be growing in our walk with the Lord, and we should be helping others to grow as well. So discipleship, how does that look here at our church? We really have three main things that we want to focus on. And again, this doesn't cover everything, and there's probably other ways of discipling, and maybe you have ways that you feel will work. That's great. But these are the three main things we look at, and we're just going to focus on one today, but here's the three. First of all, a weekend gathering, like we're doing right here. Secondly, a life group being part of a life group, and thirdly, serving in some way. And serving can happen in the community, it can happen in church. It's completely up to the Lord and you where you serve, but we believe those three things help you grow and mature in your faith, all right? And we're going to look at them specifically over the next few weeks, but today we're going to look at the weekend gathering. What is that for? How does Scripture talk about it? So let's get to it. You see, being a part of a weekend gathering or church is a great first step, and it's also an ongoing part of following Christ. We know that Jesus created the church, and uh, let's look at that verse. For some of you have heard me preach on this verse before, let's look at it again. Matthew 16, 13 to 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district Of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, 
Others say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ or the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now we know Christ created the church and that word church here means a gathering of people called out from their homes into some public place or assembly. So Jesus was saying, I'm going to create a large public gathering that will defeat the kingdom of hell. And it's going to be a gathering in my name. In other words, a Christian Christ gathering. Okay, so Jesus created this. And the word church he used there was coming out of homes to gather publicly. And you might say, okay, that's good. And what is the purpose? Well, we know from that initial verse, the main purpose to defeat the kingdom of hell. But how does that happen? And how does that look? You see, the large gathering is a place to do God's kingdom work. And it is a place to reach the lost. Let me show you. Many people first hear the gospel message at a large church gathering. Because the large public gathering is just that. It is open to those who don't yet know Christ. And it is a main focus in scripture of the large gathering. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You see, this was a large public gathering that Jesus was at, and they don't tell us exactly where he was standing in this portion of scripture or what happened, but somehow he got himself in a position where he could be heard by a large amount of people, and he was likely hollering these words. Hey, is there anyone out there? You're weary, you're heavy laden, come to me. You see, the large public gathering was a place to get the message out to those who didn't yet know him. You see, our weekend gathering, our focus is to reach the lost. You see, the weekend gathering was never meant to be a bless me club or a time just for us to Come and think only about me and what I want and what I like. Now, this is a time to grow. And oh my goodness, if you get in the presence of God, it's going to do something for you no matter what. But as believers who are maturing, and I know all of you are this morning, so I know I don't have anyone who's not yet saved. Your purpose changes as you grow. When you first came before you knew Christ, your purpose is to receive only. It's to receive and receive because you need that and that's why you're there. But as you grow and mature, your purpose changes. Now you become someone who's reaching out to others. You see, Jesus made this clear to his followers. You see, he talked to them and 
when he was in his more close group, which would be similar to a life group, and we'll talk about that next week, he would be more specific directing them. And he tells his closer followers, he says this, look you guys, the harvest is ripe. There's people everywhere needing to come, needing to be saved, healed, set free. And he says, pray that the Father will send out workers into his harvest. And then he turns right around and prays and sends them out to do the work. What am I saying? As you mature in your faith, your weekend gathering is no longer just receive, 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 but suddenly you're now commissioned by him to do something. And to do something is his kingdom purpose, and it has a lot to do with the lost, with the broken that you know, that Pastor Danny doesn't know. Are you willing to allow the weekend service to be about reaching those who don't yet know Jesus? I've pastored for a few years now, and I've been shocked sometimes by someone who I thought was a super mature believer, and they'll come and complain to me about something that is crazy. Well, someone came and they talked to the people beside me and they didn't talk to me. I heard about that before I was a pastor. When I, was a, I thought they were joking when they told stories like that. It's true. When you're a mature believer, you don't come to church just for you anymore. You come and you should be in this building with your heart ready. God, what do you need me to do today? Who do you need me to touch? Who do you need me to talk to? Who do you need me to pray for? Well, that's the pastor's job. No, that's the church's job. When you're a mature believer, you come into this building ready to work for his kingdom. Oh, he will fill you up when you do. Are you praying for the person who looks discouraged over in the corner? Did you, did you go chat with them? When you saw that new person, did you make an effort to go over and welcome them? He said, I'm looking for workers. There's a harvest. They're like, oh, this is my day to rest, pastor. Give me an hour of work for his kingdom. And then go home and have a nap. You're like, okay, but here's the thing. Jesus took it even further than that with his close followers. He went even a little further. Now Jesus talking to his close followers looks at them one day and he says, oh, by the way, you guys, if you're not willing to deny yourself and take up your cross, you can't follow me. Now you're like, oh, great, Pastor. We got to work and we got to sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. For his kingdom. When you do it, you will feel so fulfilled. When you do that for Christ, the weariness leaves. The emptiness disappears. Why? Because now it's no longer just about you and you start to feel God's kingdom purpose flow through you. It is awesome. Jesus told his followers, the fishermen especially, that he took from his boats. He said, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of people. I got to bring this to you guys. He wants to make each of us fishers of people. In other words, bringing people into his kingdom. So I got to ask a heart question here. How's the fishing been going? Have you been fishing at all? Do you know how to fish? 
And you're like, well, it's just a bad season. You know, the river's low, there's no fish there. Uh, have you been trying? <laughs> oh, Lord. There's this thing about fishing. When you start doing it and you catch fish, it's addicting. And it's thrilling and it's adrenaline rush even. But if you never try, you're never going to catch. So let me encourage you to start fishing, to learn how. Find somebody who knows how to fish and start fishing for people. Because you see, the weekend gathering is a place where we can have it half full with unbelievers if we want. Because if each of you brings one person, it'll be half full of unbelievers. Because this is most definitely a place where God wants to see people saved and begin their walk. That's why at services where I see somebody I don't know, we give a gospel message. Because God has made it clear in his word and what he does with us even today, people in this setting feel safe to ask him in. Now, this is not the only setting. You can pray with someone in your house, in your car, at work. But this is a setting where we see many come. So let's fish. Go ahead and bring people into this house who are unsaved because that's God's kingdom purpose. You see, if we were only doing church with the mindset of we got to see how we can do this so we get people from every other church to come and fill our chairs, we're not doing kingdom purpose then. We're probably doing our own kingdom purpose, but not his. We don't do church trying to simply steal people from other churches. Now, if people are led by God to move from one church to another, there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Each church has a special mission and vision that God's put on them. And if that lines up with what's stirring in your heart, then you should be there. So there's nothing wrong with that. That happens. But if our goal was only to draw people that were already believers we're missing his kingdom purpose. So let me give you a little tip on fishing. I don't consider myself like an amazing fisherman or anything, but I do fish on the river with my uh, daughter, my 11-year-old daughter, who's a really good fisherman, and she loves to fish. When we first started fishing, she would fish for 15 minutes. If she didn't get a bite, she's done. Now, I got to make sure if I take her fishing, I got a couple hours, because she has caught fish before, and she knows you catch fish when you don't quit when you keep casting again and again and again and again and again. When you feel that little tug one time, ooh, there is fish. And again and again. There's something else about fishing. You don't just throw in an empty little hook, do you? What do you do when you fish? You use bait. You use the spinner or the shiny hook or a little minnow on there. And then you go to a place where it looks most likely fish will be that are hungry. Oh, but this is a good message here right now. You're like, well, how does that relate to people? You could use bait. How about, I can see that this person is a little bit hungry. They're going through something. They need God to touch them. That's the first thing. They're hungry. If you got somebody who has just told you they hate church and God and people, they're not very hungry probably. You can invite them if you want. But what about the person who you can tell? You know, they, they need something in their life. They're showing me by their words. Okay, so now you got a hungry fish. Now you got to give them a hook with some bait. You're like, oh, pastor, 
hey, you're my good friend. I've known you for a long time, so you owe me something. No, <laughs> remember when I gave you that sandwich at lunch? No, don't say that. But, hey, I think you should come to church with me. And you know what? I'd love to take you for coffee after. I'd love to take you for lunch after. That easy. You're saying, well, is that the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to do? Do you realize you could be rescuing a life? You could be changing someone forever. Is it worth it to you? Is the coffee worth it to you? Let me put it this way. Let's just say somebody you really cared about phoned your cell phone right now and said, I'm out here in Slave Lake, halfway between Dog Island and my boat sinking. You would do everything in your power to get to that boat and to that person you cared about. Everything. You would look like a fool. You might even jump chairs on the way out of here. You would run somebody over. You'd be on the phone finding the fastest boat and driving as quickly as you could. You'd be breaking speed limits. You would just do whatever it took to rescue them. There is a world outside these doors that needs rescuing. Many of them know they need rescuing. Some don't, but many do. There's many people right now outside these doors with a smile on their face. But inside, they are wondering, can I make it one more day? And you have the answer. I want to encourage you, invite people to church. People that don't know him yet. Okay? You know people that I don't know. Invite them. And when I said that, there's people, can I make it one more day? Maybe there's somebody here today who's feeling that because I really felt it when I said it. I want to encourage you. Let the love and the peace of God flow through you. Let him be your strength, okay? Don't let worry and fear be on your mind. Let him be your strength. Yes, you can. Many people first hear the gospel message at a large gathering, and that was in Scripture as well. We saw from how Jesus called out and encouraged people. Others saw the healings and they came. But also in Acts chapter 2, we see this. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. This was a large public gathering. Peter and the others have just recently been filled with the Holy Spirit and there's power and uh, anointing in what they say. But he speaks without a sound system to a multitude of people. If 3,000 came and accepted, how many did he actually speak to? Because not everybody responds. You see, I think Peter must have had a really loud voice. Maybe he sang a lot when he was fishing or something. I don't know, but the guy obviously could get his voice out there. Maybe where he stood, but he made it that his voice got out to as many people as possible because the large gathering was a place to reach those who don't yet know him. That's the reason that we record the weekend message and get it out there beyond our walls. Today, we have the ability to send it further. Jesus used whatever means he could to get it out to the most people. You read that he one time went out in a boat because he knew that if you're on a boat, everybody on shore can hear everything you say if the breeze is going the right way. So if you go on the boat on the lake, don't have an argument. Everybody on the beach will hear you. 
Jesus knew that and he used whatever means he could to reach as many as he could. We want to do the same with the weekend gathering. It's the reason we give the gospel message again and again and again. It's the reason we put it on podcast. You know, I actually don't really listen to podcasts, but there's a generation that does. And so we put it out there for people who miss a service, but also for a generation who likes to drive and have something in their ears or on their vehicles radio. So getting the message out as much as we can and getting people in to experience what Christ has for them is a part of the weekend gathering. And immediately after being saved in Scripture, people joined a church, a large gathering. It is a first step. When someone comes to Christ, they need to be a part of this. And they need to continue in it. And as we'll talk about next week, they also need to connect in that small group setting because that's where there's accountability and growth far more than just this gathering. The church or large gathering is for a light to the unsaved. Matthew 5, 14 and to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, it's placed on a lampstand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. This large gathering is supposed to be a light to those in darkness. Let's bring them in. Let's get the message out. It works both ways. Becoming part of a large gathering allows us to do the kingdom purpose that Christ wanted to do. It allows us to defeat the kingdom of the enemy as a group. You see, Scripture clearly tells us that we are part of a body of believers, and this is important. We were never created to be alone. Genesis 2 and verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. We were created from the beginning of time to be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with other people. Now, I'm not saying if you're single, you have to get married. I'm just saying you are not to be alone. Have good people around you. Some people are called to be single, and there's nothing wrong with that. But even as single, you can't be alone. You need to have good friendships and people around you. Because God created us that way. But he also created us to be a body of believers, a church, that are effectively building his kingdom and defeating the enemies. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. And then in verse 20, Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care, 
So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Okay, that was a lot of verse. Thank you for staying with me. Nobody fell asleep. But it is important for you to get we are part of Christ's body. Each of us working together fulfills his purpose. We can't fulfill Christ's purpose alone. We can only fulfill his purpose if we work together. Because each of us has different gifts. Each of us will play a different part. Ephesians 4 verse 15. This is my last verse today and then I'm going to begin wrapping up. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You see, we have been called to be part of Christ's body. He's the head. He directs it. He wants to direct each of us to do our part and to see his kingdom fulfilled. Are you willing to be committed and work with others in this part of the body? Because this body functions when there's committed people willing to be a part of it. Christ wants to use our church to fulfill that vision of helping many people find and follow him, but it won't happen with only some pastors doing it. It happens with the body doing it. So can I encourage you one more time? Be regularly committed like you guys are or you wouldn't be here. But continue in that commitment to a body. Wherever God has planted you, stay planted long enough to grow. Don't jump from church to church. If you transplant something too often, you kill it. I don't know if you know that, anybody who has real plants. Let God lead you, but stay planted long enough to grow. Did you know as well that some plants need difficulty to really grow? There's some seeds that can't even germinate and begin to grow until they first go through a fire. I'm just encouraging you. If it gets a little tough, that means God's growing you even more. If there's somebody in this body that, oh, they just bugged me so much, good, it's growing you. Let God grow you. Let him transform you because he wants his kingdom purpose to be fulfilled. I'm going to take some time here before we finish to pray with you. And I'm going to pray with you that God gives you a boldness and a strength and some ability to be good fisher people. Okay? I want to pray that we learn how to fish. Because here's the thing about fishing. It is a lot of fun. You know, if you don't know fishing and you see someone there for two hours doing this, you're like, what is wrong with them? They love fishing because they've done it. They've caught, and it's addicting, and it's amazing. What, what am I talking about here? You know, church is great feeling his presence, right? But it is way greater to have your friend who doesn't yet know him sitting beside you, getting God touching and transforming them on the inside. There's nothing better than that. It's not all about us. It's about God's kingdom work. Let's stand together. I am ready to pray, and you're going to get out early today. Unless I pray for 10 minutes. No, I, I'm going to pray. <laughs> oh, it's good.
Thank you guys for being patient and taking this in. I know the fact that you're here, you've got some commitment in you. And God has got something great coming. So let me pray it over you right now. Lord, we pray blessing over your church. I thank you, Lord, that each one here today is committed to following you. And Lord, they want to feel that fulfillment of doing your work. But maybe they don't know how. Lord, we pray that you give them Holy Ghost wisdom how to fish. That you show them how to care and how to invite. Lord, as they fish, give them success in their fishing. (laughs) Give them joy. Show them what you want done. And Lord, I pray as this body of believers is filled with boldness and your love that's shining brightly from them, that you'll fulfill in them your kingdom purpose. I thank you ahead of time for seeing friends, family, co-workers that don't yet know you filling these chairs so that Christ can change their lives. I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen.